In today's episode of the Motorhome Matt podcast, we're finding out about the man behind Falcon Technology, Mr. Chris Williams. The director of a motorhome dealership has been jailed for scamming motorhome owners. And we answer your questions on charging e-bikes, winterizing your motorhome and water pumps. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. Industry insights, expert advice for the world of motorhomes, campervans and caravans. And it's brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Woohoo! And remember to follow on your favourite podcast app and make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Sponsored by arabasecreative.co.uk. Straight into the news then, Matt. Lancelot William Walker. Now there's a name. <laughs> he got called Sir? <laughs> Lancelot Bill Walker, who's 61 years old. <laughs> was the director of Motorhome Island Limited. He's admitted to defrauding more than £400,000, £400,000 from just 15 motorhome owners. He was sentenced at Newry Crown Court in Northern Ireland, jailed for three years. There are some dodgy dealers around, aren't there, Matt? It's a caveat emptor, Caveat, yeah, buyer beware. Buyer beware. Yeah, well, this guy was selling motorhomes for people and they're not paying them. Which is, you know, a bit naughty. So they ended up with no motorhome and no cash. So he, they, he was taking the motorhome with their agreement and yep. they had a deal in which he would sell them and then take a commission, I presume, and give them the, the money. They yep. never saw the money. That's right. They, I don't know how he got away with that for so long. Nearly half a million pounds. I mean, you know, if it was my motorhome and I hadn't been paid and I got that letter from the DVLA saying, you are no longer the registered keeper of this vehicle, I'd know it had been sold. I'd be, um, where's my money? <laughs> and 15 of them... Uh, 400k there was some chunky cash in there wasn't there there was absolutely and, and the, the thing is they probably did report it to police immediately but obviously yeah. the prosecution service has to build their case which is why it takes a time but like i said there are dodgy dealers out there and you do have to be careful you do yeah and trust your gut always so i guarantee this guy's got a ton of one star reviews on google <laughs> So he'll be celebrating Christmas in the Grey Bar Hotel and not bending over in the showers. <laughs> Courtesy of His Majesty. Anyway, Lance, yeah. So Lance or not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our product of the week, uh, shall we? Christmas gifts. Yeah, Christmas, uh, Christmas gifts Christmas next week. Yeah, a week to go. I can't wait. Are you ready? Have you bought everything? Uh, no. Right, I've got an idea for you. What is it? <laughs> Your missus will love this. What? This is a Falcon. It looks like a rabbit. It looks like a rabbit. It's a Falcon 4G router. These are brilliant. <laughs> so this is one of my products of the year, definitely. We've been using these all year. <laughs> I just realised what you said. <laughs> Oh, I see. That kind of rabbit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Hang on. Let me turn it off. Is there any other kind? <laughs> anyway, what is it? It's a white box with two aerials sticking out the top for those of you that are listening yeah. and wondering what on earth I've produced from under the desk. This is a 4G router which you can w- uh, sucker to a window uh, with these little suction cups. Stop it. Uh, and it runs on 12 volt and 240 volt, either or. Uh, and you can put any type of SIM card in it. It doesn't matter what flavour. It could be EE, Vodafone, 3, O2, doesn't matter. And it will pick up a network, provided that provider has is transmitting it. And then you can share it across all your devices. We 
have been using these all year at every show we've been to. We did 14 shows this year and it has worked successfully in the NEC and in fields all over the UK running off either the Motorhome 12 volt accessory not cigarette socket but it is one of those funny little plugs or on a on a ring main on 240 volt and we've been collecting our ipads for the till and our sum up machines for the credit card payments to this and we've had one of these tied up in the roof of our gazebo and it's worked spectacularly all year brilliant how much is it going to cost me under 200 quid i think 180 odd pounds so what it does is you put the sim in and what, what is it, it picks the signal up and what does it bolster it or just yeah distributes it or what so these big aerials are there to well, pick they up look like rabbit's ears <laughs> they yeah. look like rabbit ears yeah not kind of sure what rabbit you've got but um they pick up the cellular signal and they're big and powerful to do that and then inside this white box is a coil of cable which is the transmitter that transmits that internet access to your laptop or ipad or phone or whatever it is you're connecting to it there's also two sockets on here so you can connect hard wire to it if you want to not use wi-fi really good. fantastic so you've got a deal on this haven't you yeah across the whole shop at thatleisureshop.com you can buy these and if you use the code matt 10 m-a-t-t-1-0 you get 10 percent off fantastic uh, motorhome holiday company gift vouchers are still available with just a week to christmas to go yeah. you get a 300 pound gift voucher for 250 pounds that's yep. a big saving save 50 pounds i know it's great so if you're thinking we'd like to take our friends with us on a motorhome holiday they could hire one and you can pay for part of it with a gift voucher what a lovely idea or maybe you're thinking i want to try a different layout of motorhome go and hire one from us at motorhomeholidaycompany.com and buy yourself a gift voucher why not so people pay 250 pound for the gift voucher but you'll redeem it to the value of 300 very clever that's <laughs> that is the offer yeah i thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good very simple but it's it's really popular we sell loads of gift vouchers this time of year they're a great christmas present a new year present there's a thing it's the motorhome matt podcast i'm keith gooden and i'm motorhome matt brought to you with that leisureshop.com our main topic uh, for <coughs> the week is uh, falcon and their range one of the things that you love about this industry i know this matt serious face is it's a people industry <laughs> oh that's the most insincere I've ever... It is a people industry. I know, that's what I just said. <laughs> it is all about the people. I spent 20-odd years in the events industry, corporate events, award ceremonies, conferences, exhibitions. That was very, very much a people industry. And I don't really miss that industry anymore, but I do miss the people. This industry is exactly the same. I'd say probably even more so. There are some real characters and real personalities in this industry, and it's very, very much a people business. It's a consumer industry which is the difference uh, and there are some real heroes behind the scenes and front of house as well and and i love it it's great and chris williams is the managing director at falcon technology and according to you he's one of these people he is a real dell boy of the industry i have to say and chris won't mind me saying that he's a hero of the industry he's a right character yeah he's a great guy now, what's the Falcon range then? Uh, so Falcon specialise in everything electrical for a motorhome or caravan. So electric on the move, so batteries, solar panels, uh, entertainment on the move, including televisions, uh, Wi-Fi, obviously this little combo router, the 4G combo, our little rabbit ear thing, and reversing cameras. So all kind of technology with a plug on, I guess. And it's that they've grown their range uh, massively over the last few years. Uh, and you see them at all the shows and they are selling like hotcakes, really. Really, really good product, I have to say. Chris Williams is the Managing Director of Falcon Technology, and you spoke to him. 
when it comes down to business, it's it's not complicated. It's first and foremost giving a product or giving a service to a customer, but adding value as well to that product and support and service. Those are the ingredients to a successful business and a happy customer. But you learned that at a very young age. So you, you left school yeah. at what age? 16 uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. I, w- I was in work 5.30 Thursday. In the and morning, it, that is. And this is working for your old man. Indeed, yeah. And what were you doing then? Well, he stuck me on the slicing machine to start off with. But then we used to supply uh, 1,500 cooperatives. And we also used to supply 50 uh, cake shops that were owned by Rank Hovis and McDoodle. And we used to uh, supply them with sliced ham and sliced beef for the sandwiches. But my nightmare was the cottage cheese. It came in big tubs of five litre uh, of cottage cheese. And we had to pack it individual bags at pound bags but i was like by the end of the day i had cottage cheese everywhere it was in my hair (laughs) in my ears how did you get from cottage cheese and slicing sausages into the early days of falcon which i understand was home security my dad retired in 91 and uh it's one of those things of course when you when you're thinking about what you're going to do next, do I stay in the food business? And I didn't really enjoy the food business, so I was looking for something different to do. But it was 91, and most people will remember there was a recession at that point. Mm-hmm. And looking around for growth industries at the time to, to get involved in, the only industry that showed any growth was crime. <laughs> so rather than get involved in crime, okay. I thought I would go on the other side of it. And okay. Alarm systems. And alarm systems for houses. Exactly. And then it was your mum that said to you, Chris, you're missing a trick. Indeed, yeah, obviously. So she said, yeah, there's two cars on the drive. I said, you put in a house alarm, why don't you do the car alarms? An Audi 80 in Warrington was the same Audi 80 in Warwickshire. Gotcha. So we then marketed ourselves in a different way. And within a period of two years, we were in every single Yellow Pages book in the UK and every Thompson directory as well. Brilliant. But how did you start marketing the car alarms? Because I love this story. Mm. So we started off with the Berg alarms with a leaflet dropped through the letterbox, which worked a treat. People kept leaflets or they rang and responded straight away. So when my mum suggested the car alarms... I thought, well, maybe we can go down the same route. And a colleague of mine, Nathan, who used to do the design work, we were thrashing ideas out and we went and touched on the subject of leaflets for cars. But we thought, well, if we put a leaflet on a car, it could get wet and we needed to better protect that. And I came up with this idea. So I drove to drove to town and I parked my car on a, a double yellow line and I waved at a traffic officer and asked him to put a parking ticket on my car. Okay. And with that parking ticket, then I took it back to my trusted Nathan design software engineer and I said, right, okay, copy that. (laughs) So you paid the parking ticket? Of course. (laughs) And then created a leaflet inside those little sticky envelopes. Exactly. So it was better protected, it was weather resistant, and of course, at a first glance, it made people's attention look towards what they thought was a parking ticket, but in reality, it was a leaflet advertising vehicle security. Very clever, very clever. Tell me about the barking dog. In the car security market, one of our products we came across, uh, which was a great little product, it was a a box of tricks that you would park behind your door and plug in. So when you were going out for the day with a pre-recording of an Alsatian barking, it had a detector that would detect somebody on the other side of the door. At that point, then the dog would start to bark. And then if it would have been an intruder, it would have thought maybe there's a dog in the house 
let's go somewhere else. So when we look towards coming to the leisure market and an opportunity came along at the Manchester Caravan Show, I looked at the product profile that I had and the barking dog, I thought, would be warmly greeted by uh, this particular marketplace. Okay, so you put one in your caravan. Yeah, you could put it in your caravan, or alternatively, you go in caravanning, and you didn't have an alarm at home, part the barking dog, you didn't need to feed it, you, know, you didn't need to clean up after when you came home, and the point is, any intruders would be warned away when approaching the door. And we did have a promotion that really went down very, very well at the Manchester Caravan Show, which brought in the crowds. Go on. Well, if you bought two, you could breed them. <laughs> Did it work? No, well, <laughs> the breeding side of it didn't, but with the sales, yeah, we got we found a lot uh, about the industry at that first Manchester Caravan show. Yeah, and it was yeah. reversing cameras, wasn't it? That you kind yeah, of started with that exactly were vehicle specific, cam- indeed. Yeah, so reversing cameras and trackers and alarm systems, of course, because we were from the alarm business. Yeah, and what year was this, Chris? This was two thousand and ten. So this was really the start of Falcon as we know it now. Exactly. At the yeah. caravan and motorhome yeah. shows yeah. and you know, prolific in the industry. How have things changed for you now as Falcon technology as we know it versus then? From Manchester, we went to, uh, we learned about technology of what was being asked for mm-hmm. whilst at Manchester. And we started to develop a range of products based on what people were looking for, dealing with issues that they were having with other technology that was available and looking to solve those problems and turn those problems into solutions Mm -hmm. and developing a range and delivering a product range which would allow people to go camping with the technologies that they enjoy. But that's fundamental to you, isn't it? That's your core. Yeah. Is taking a life challenge and turning it into an opportunity. Is that fair to say of you? Indeed, yeah, yeah. With that fine balance of course, of delivering a product which is an achievable cost for that customer to purchase, but delivering value and, most importantly, service to support that product. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important. So tell us now where Falcon is based. You live there. So you don't quite live in the warehouse. No, no. But you do live at work still. You can't help yourself, can you? No, I can't, sadly. (laughs) No, so we had a hop, skip and a jump. So I moved from a warehouse to I had a rented property for a couple of years just to get onto the electoral roll so people would lend me money to buy a house. Yeah. Uh, and then we had a lovely little cottage which was in Stockton Heath where Colette and I lived for eight years and mm-hmm. we started our family off with our two boys. I suddenly realised our garden was just not big enough for our two boys to enjoy. Particularly one of them's into football. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we came up with a plan that we would get rid of the rent of the warehouse and get you sell the house and use the equity from the house to buy something with a bit of a bigger back garden. Okay, but you didn't just go for a back garden, did you? No, no, we bought a farm. <laughs> How many acres was it? Well, it, it was a small holding, but the actual farm itself used to support 200 acres, the right. buildings <laughs> around it, but it was a, a, an ex-dairy farm, yeah. and the council broke off the land, put six acres with the buildings, and sold it as a project. Right, okay, and mm-hmm. you spotted this property on a random... journey one day didn't you indeed like most things in life you find things when you're not looking for them yeah and 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 on on a diversion one day dropping my son off at school climbed over a barbed wire fence looked in the field and realized i'd found my heaven wow yeah and it's got a fantastic view as well isn't it beautiful yeah it looks over the the uh, the weaver valley uh, directly at uh, delamere forest and acton bridge 
campsites all around us. It's a beautiful uh, area. And from here, you live and you run the business, don't you, as well? So your customers can come to you Mm -hmm. for a free couple of nights camping in their motorhome or caravan or whatever, get the kit fitted to it and spend a couple of days with you. Correct, yes. In this beautiful view. Indeed. So it's not just an installation, it's an experience. Yeah, it's a whole life business. Exactly. It's what a story. So what's the future for Falcon, Chris? You're 60. This was the big birthday we talked about this year. Yeah, yeah. You treated yourself to the Aston. Mm -hmm. It's very nice, I have to say. Thank you. It's a lovely little car. What's next? uh, More and more, really. But at the same time, the fine balance of life. So if I asked Colette, what would she say? Oh, she'd say, pack the bags and let's go to the Maldives. <laughs> you know, but uh, I am what I am. And it's a case of, really, do can I want to stop? stop? Not really, but I can, I can balance things. Okay. So you've managed to get some overseas travel in this year? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to continue then, is it? Yeah, work and play. The fine balance. It's what and what about Joe's role in the business? Is there a future for Joe in the yeah, business? Yeah, well, this is this is what we that's 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 the plan. Mm-hmm. And of course, Matthew has his plan with football in America. And yeah, never you never know in the Premier League. But right now, let him live his dream and aim for the stars. But if Absolutely. he if he, if he doesn't get to the stars, then he'll be in the warehouse packing your orders. Yeah, with next day delivery, as he did do prior to going away, the good luck. Start at the bottom and work up. Well, they have seen the graft and they know that basically nobody's going to give you anything. You've got Mm. to to go out there and you've got to work for it. And you still graft, don't you? You were there at the NEC all week in your Falcon T-shirt. Exactly. Selling on the stand, just like one of the team. There's there's no I in team. There is a backward me, though. Thanks again to Chris from Falcon Technology for joining us here in the studio. It was great to have him here in his Aston Martin, which was his big 60th birthday present. Uh, and fair play to him. He's a lovely guy. Uh, as I say, he is definitely one of life's opportunists and sees the opportunity and grasps it with both hands. Uh, and he's a great guy, very entertaining. You know what I got for my 60th? What did you get for your 60th? A garden spade. <laughs> Was that to dig your grave? <laughs> it wasn't an Aston Martin, I can say that for now. No, that's true, yeah. Well, maybe Chris got a garden spade as well. Yeah, perhaps. I suspect perhaps not. Did, yeah. <laughs> well, and th- have you used the garden spade? Of course I have. What have you dug with it? Soil. <laughs> okay, and what have you buried? <laughs> I haven't buried anything. You use it in the garden to dig a hole, and then you plant a plant, you don't bury it. Okay, <laughs> that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing I like about Chris is his DVD Plan D. All this it's technology, <laughs> and, and he always says, "Have a DVD player." Because yeah, but it's true. If you're not connected, you can stick one in. It's absolutely, yeah, it's ve- that is very true. All smart televisions were without a DVD player. They just seem to be a format that's been dropped. But you know what? When we've been to the shows this year, Jude and I be in the motel in the evening, and we are knackered frankly really tired and we will sit there and watch a dvd because we can't always get internet access or we don't want to go to the effort of tuning the telly in we've just got a pile of dvds plug one in brilliant if it's raining sit in the van watch film why not we've got loads of them we've never watched so having a television which gives us the option of terrestrial so bbc1 bbc2 netflix amazon uh so smart tv and the dvd is brilliant ticks all the boxes can't go wrong it's a rock and roll life 
<laughs> and we are living the dream, Keith. <laughs> living the dream. Just to sim- sum up then. So, so Falcon, I mean, what Chris does uh, with his company is he sees the technology that's available. And it might be at a premium price. But Falcon uh, take that technology, don't they? Make it more affordable uh, for uh, motorhomers, caravanners, campers uh, as well. He's actually got himself quite a nice little yeah. niche there, hasn't he? He has, yeah. There are some really established and very, very highly respected brands uh, in our industry, in this niche, and Chris certainly is one of them, and he's shaking it up a little bit. I have to say, uh, we sell those other brands in the shop, uh, and we sell the Falcon stuff in the shop, and it does pack a punch. It offers real value at an affordable price, and yes, we've been very impressed. It's the Motorhome Matt podcast with me, Keith Goodham, and me, Motorhome Matt. Brought to you by ThatLeisureShop.com. It's the Q and A, the question and answer, where you ask us the questions. First of all, Bruce Ryan has been in touch. Just a question about electric bikes. There's been quite a few press releases where bikes with replacement batteries have burst into flames. You know, if I put an electric bike into my garage, leave it on charge, and it explodes. Uh, anything coming through the trade that that might uh, give us some confidence to uh, leave those bikes in the motorhome garage. So that's Bruce. He didn't say where he is from. When you get in touch, say where you're from. You don't have to give us your precise address. We won't be knocking on your door. <laughs> you're not going to turn but, up. You know, just the town or village Hi-ya. or city where you're from. That'll do it. Cheers, Bruce. I really appreciate the question. A lot of people are nervous, aren't they, about the brand new battery technology? And uh, Bruce says there's been reports uh, of batteries exploding. Let's put th- let's get some facts into this matter. Yes, there have been very few occasions where uh, batteries uh, or battery technology has let people down Mm. bruce is asking quite specifically when it comes to motorhomes is it safe to plug it in yeah i think it's actually the power supply which is often failing and catching fire rather than the appliance battery uh that's certainly been the reports remember those hoverboards that came into the uk and the fire brigade were responding to an increasing number of home fires house fires where the power supplies were catching fire and they ended up impounded at the ports uh, and the customs officers stopped them coming into Britain. Uh, So I think that's probably the power supply that gets hot. My advice, Bruce, is you can charge an e-bike from the ring main to the electric 240 volt in your motorhome. When we do it, we have some Estali e-bikes, which we love. We do put the bikes outside when we're charging them uh, and we are with them that's the key thing obviously because they're outside and we don't want them stolen but uh, we're also there in case there is a problem Uh, and the other thing i did charge our e-bikes on the weekend on sunday in the shed and after an hour i did go out and just feel the power supply to check it wasn't getting hot and there was there was warmth there but nothing of any concern and then most importantly i went back and unplugged it once the bikes were charged so leave them on charge under your bed when you go to bed i'd say that isn't a clever idea uh, because you're not going to know if anything's going wrong and they're getting hot um, until you know it really there is a fire and then you've got a problem Um, so I would suggest when you're charging them be with them and if you can charge them outside the van then even more sensible and don't leave the charger plugged in once they've charged up Absolutely not, because remember the electricity is flowing into the battery as it charges. Uh, Once it's charged up the battery, then 
just shuts the door mm. the, the 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 transformers the chargers aren't clever and and that energy has to go somewhere and it yeah. co- goes through in heat I, I, being on the radio a few years back i, I was talking uh, to somebody from the fire service and they said that house fires are very rare these days because we use lots of low voltage things even our televisions these days are very low voltage uh, but one of the things which are a danger and which when the fire service respond to fires on quite a few occasions it's because people have left their phone charges in uh, and not plugged into the phone they've taken the phone and left the charger in and it or, and, and the charger has heated up and as you say has caught fire it's a um, transformer isn't it so it, th- that energy has to go somewhere it turns into heat yeah, it does. and it then melts the casing and, and catches fire yeah. one thing i've noticed actually with the more expensive e-bikes the chargers are much bigger so i guess they are venting more uh and they've got more of those heat dissipators inside i don't know what they're called well you pay your money don't you you buy a premium brand usually the charger will be premium as well so if you buy something a little bit cheaper you can upgrade your your chargers of course you can you can buy them uh, individually so long as you've got the input voltage and the output voltage which is printed on the charger exactly the same and the polarity you'll be fine don't be like i did a few years back and plug the wrong uh, the wrong charger into a little radio that i had and well it got smoky very quickly because it was just the wrong the wrong charger. It catch fire. No, it didn't catch fire, but it did smell. <laughs> oh dear! And not of radio. <laughs> yeah, don't let Keith consult you on your charger. No, no so just those little numbers. Um, okay, then Bruce, I hope that's a help to you. Helen Jackson's been in charge. When should we winterize our motorhome? Helen says, as we're not using her until Christmas to go to Spain. Christmas is just round the corner. P.S. We love watching you guys. It helped us so much. Thank you. Yeah, well, so winterize, I'm I'm guessing what Helen means is preparing it for winter. So fundamentally getting all the water out of it. And there's a whole load of other checks which you should do, Helen. You can get a guide actually to doing this at thatleisureshop.com forward slash winter, where we run through how to prepare your motorhome or caravan for storage over winter, uh, assuming you're not going to be going to it regularly. Uh, There's a video and a checklist you can download and print and you can tick it all off. So I would say as soon as you're not going to be using it, do it. This week here uh, near Bristol, it dropped to minus three, where we live on the Mendips, very suddenly. Uh, And so the guys in the hire team, our, our hire fleet, many of it is now off hire, for the winter uh, and they were suddenly they saw the forecast went gosh we're gonna have to do you know get them all prepped gosh. for winter gosh <laughs> gosh that's how they talk here <laughs> i've met these people i bet they have some of them said golly gosh oh dear <laughs> <laughs> what should we do <clears throat> yeah they definitely didn't i can yeah. hear jordan now <laughs> here <laughs> Quick, get the war out. <laughs> so, yeah, they were, they did spend a frantic afternoon going around the fleet and opening all the drain taps uh, and emptying the water and getting them ready for what's going to be, I think, a bit of a cold spell ahead. Yeah. So winterising, there you go. So winterising, yeah, that's a term that's often misused and misunderstood. Another one. Another one, yeah. So, you know, is the motorhome winterised? That's a classic. Maybe we'll cover that. What is winterisation? We should. Phil Thomas is in Bristol. When on a pitch, can you leave your water pump on or is it best to turn it off when not in use? You know what? That's a really good question. Is it? Because, I mean, to me, being somebody who doesn't know much about this sort of stuff, yeah, of course you'd turn it off, wouldn't you? Well, absolutely. But why? Why would you turn it off? We don't know where it out. 
Well, it's not going to work unless you run the tap, unless you spring a leak. So my advice to you, Phil, is yes, turn it off. So if you were to leave the motorhome unattended and the pump on and you have a pressure switch which determines when the water is flowing, if there was a joint that sprung apart and thus water comes out the bottom, the pump's going to think, oh, there's a tap on, and it kicks in and it promptly then drains all the water out of your freshwater tank into that leaky hole and floods your motorhome. So that's the risk. And then the other thing that can happen is a pump can fail and it can just start randomly running and either pressurise the system and cause a leak or if there's a means of escape because your taps have been left open, the pump's on um, or randomly comes on, it will just keep going and keep going with a dry water tank and eventually burn out So and it will just fail. So yeah, uh, my advice is turn the pump off when you leave the motorhome. I, if I turn it off when I'm in the motorhome, I turn it on when I need it. Uh, and when we go to bed, we turn it off, which is always then a problem in the night if you get up for a pee because the blooming flush doesn't work. Middle-aged men always get up for a pee yeah. in the middle of the night. Yeah, so you end up having to then fumble around trying to find the control panel and then try and turn the pump on and then turn all the lights on and wake them up. Anyway, yeah, nightmare. But I do turn the pump off all the time. So Phil in Bristol, the recommendation is, is to turn it off. And the last thing you want when you're sitting in your motorhome is uh, for your joint to come apart. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yours might. I don't know. Phil might be healthy. <laughs> he might have good joints. How do people get in touch? Yeah, you can do that. Go to mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. That's mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. You can leave us a review at mhmp. Motorhome Matt podcast. Get it? mhmp.info forward slash review. That's forward slash review. And please make sure if you're watching on YouTube, click the little bell and subscribe. And then YouTube will tell you when we release a new episode and all our video content is sponsored by aerobasecreative.co.uk. And even if you've got one friend... Then please will you share it. We'd love you to spread the word of the podcast. Help us grow the, the awareness of it. Uh, and, and I'm sure we can help others who might have the same question as you. And you never know, they might find it entertaining. Can you just look at this joint? I think it's coming apart. It's your joint coming apart. <laughs> yeah. We'll get you some cod liver oil for Christmas. Week to go. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Motorhome Matt.